So today's daf is daf Lamed Tess. And we are right on top of the page. We're up to the Mishnah 39a. Here we go. Until now, we've learned the halachas of chametz. We've learned the halachas of matzah. And today, Be'ezus Hashem, we're going to start learning the halachos of Mara. The mitzvah midrabanan, the mitzvah, the rabbinic mitzvah of achilas moror, what is fit to be used, which vegetable is fit to be used as moror. So it happens to be a very, very, very gishmaka uh, gemara, but please bear in mind that um, there are going to be a number of very interesting vegetables that Rashi tries to help us out with some of them uh, in French and some of them Art Scroll did some research on some of the explanations we have through Messiah and some of them we just don't know a hundred percent exactly which vegetable it is so as we go through the sugya we will try our best to touch and translate and put a perspective on on each one and if we don't know the translation we'll just Keep the word as is. All right, here we go. Zok the Mishnah. The following vegetables a person is allowed to fulfill his mitzvah of morar with at the Pesach Seder. Chazeres. Very interesting. The very first choice for morar. Okay, now, as the Gemara is going to tell us later on on this Amud, if the Mishnah gives a list, it's listing it in order of preference. Chazeres, romaine lettuce. Tachma is horseradish. Uvecharvina is some sort of vine that grows around the trunk of a tree. Ulshin, the Gemara is going to tell us later on, is endives. Uvimoror. Moror, according to Art Scrolls, uh, later on, Art Scrolls is going to translate this, what I was preparing uh, later on in the notes, they, they translate the word mora, which means bitter, as wormwood. Okay? Now, these five types of vegetables, you fulfill your mitzvah if you eat them, whether they are still uh, fresh, or whether they're dried out. You don't fulfill your mitzvah, and this is a very, very chash of a thing. You can't fulfill your mitzvah. Kavosh literally means pickled. Now in halacha, something can be pickled either in a brine, a vinegar, a wine, or even water for more than 24 hours. So this is very interesting because apparently... It seems from the Mishnah that if I'm using romaine lettuce, horseradish, these vines, these endives, this wormwood, you have to make sure it didn't sit in water for 24 hours, which is a very interesting thing to keep an eye on as we prepare our murrah for the Pesach Seder, because we do need to wash off our romaine lettuce, right? When we check it for bugs, it needs to be washed. When you have horseradish, people rinse it off. It's important to make sure that it doesn't end up getting to a state of kavush, 
getting to a state where it's considered pickled and soaked in, in either brine vinegar for a short amount of time or water for more than 24 hours. Okay, it can't be pickled. And it can't be slow cooked. And it can't be fast cooked. I find this to be very interesting that we didn't use this expression when talking about matzah, but you can combine your romaine lettuce horseradish to a kazayas. I could take a half a kazayas of horseradish, a half a kazayas of romaine lettuce, and that's fine. It's peseder. There's no problem. Interestingly, I don't know why, but when it came to achilas matzah, it said you can fulfill your chiyav with wheat, barley, rye, spelt, oats, right? The five grain. It didn't say this, and I find that to be interesting. I'm assuming it's the same halacha. The yaitzim bekelach shalahem. And also, a person could fulfill the mitzvah not only with the growth itself, but even with the stalks of the growth. And you can fulfill your mitzvah if you eat your marar, horseradish, uh, romaine lettuce, vines, wormwood, endives. If it's demai, which means you purchased it from Amaretz and you didn't have time to separate trumas and maestras, you, get, you do get your mitzvah. That was done properly. The Gemara is going to ask, obviously, what's the Chiddush? Also, what's the Chiddush? But there's no problem. There's no issue. Um, you're permitted to use that as Mara. All right? Very, I'm going to call it a straightforward Mishnah. But I think it's a very, very informative Mishnah as well. There's a, it's a loaded, there's a lot in there. The Mishnah told us exactly which families of vegetables are permitted to be used it told us this um the not only the family but we also learned the state that the vegetable needs to be in okay it also needs to be that it needs to be raw it can't be cooked and also the different things can be mitzari flikazayas very informative mishnah zok the gemara the gemara now tells us the translation which we already translated chazeres what is chazeres chasa chasa is the lettuce family Olshin, what is Olshin? Hindvi, it's endives. Tamcha, what is Tamcha? Amar Rabba, Barbarchana, Rabba Barbarchana says, Tamachta Shma, it's called Tamachta. Okay, now we translated that in the Mishnah as horseradish. What's Charchavina of the Mishnah? That you're allowed to fulfill your mitzvah of Mara with? Amar of Shimon Lakish, or Shimon Lakish says, Atzava Dedikla, it's the vines that grow around a palm tree. Uvim Maror, and what is the translation of Maror, which I said the Gemara's article is going to now let us know that it's wormwood, it's Merirta. Merirta literally means bitter, but apparently it's some sort of, of uh, wormwood. Tani, uh, tani Barkapara, Barkapara taught us, Elu Yeraka Shadam Yitzvim Chayidei Chavas Pesach. He says, I have, an, uh, I have a list, a different list. There's a Brysa. The Mishnah gave one list of five. Five things, and Barkapara is going to give us a different list. He says you could you could uh, be yaitze with olshen the endives, ubit tamcha, and with horseradish, becharchalin, and you could be yaitze with charchalin. Okay, now um, what exactly charchalin is? Rashi himself says he doesn't know. Ubechar ubecharbinim, 
or with Charbinim, which was the Charchavinasa, Ube Chazarin, or with Chazarin, that was the Chazeres, which is a lettuce. Rabbi Yehuda Yehuda says, Af Olshei Sada. You can even use endives of the sada of the field, gina or garden-grown endives, v'chazeres, and chazeres, and romaine lettuce. Says the Gemara, gina v'chazeres. Why do you got to mention, uh, you know, garden-grown uh, ocean, garden-grown endives, and chazeres, hatonah that was already listed in the ratio. Why is Rabbi Yehuda adding that into the Bryce? So the Bryce itself listed those two as sufficing. So why is he saying, oh, even these things? Yeah, yeah, we said that in the ratio. You're not adding anything. You should know that ocean that grow out in the fields are kosher to be marar the same way garden-grown endives and romaine lettuce is kosher, so too the wild endives are kosher as well. Period. Okay. Now, continuing on in the Brisa. Okay, so, so far in the Brisa, we had Bar Kapara. Bar Kapara gave a list. Rabbi Yehuda added to the list. And now we're going back. Rav Meir Aymer, a third opinion. Rav Meir says, Af Asvas Vitura Umar Yerayar. Even Asvas Tura Umar Yerayar. Okay. We don't know what these things are other than they were apparently they were commonly grown in people's gardens, the same way people nowadays we grow cucumbers and tomatoes in the backyard. So these were other types of lettuce uh, that people uh, that people grew. Rabbi said to Reb Meir, Asvas vetura echadu. Asvas and tura really are the same exact thing. It's the same product, same same vegetable. Umar zehu and that by the way is also. What people call what people call Yerayar. Okay, fine. So we have our Mishnah that we started with on the top of Lametes Amadal of 39a. The Mishnah gave us a list of five. And now we listed a Brysa with Barkapara, with Reb Yehuda, and with Reb Meir's additions as to other vegetables that are fit to fulfill the mitzvah of Murr. Tani Debei Reb Yishmol. And we have another Brysa that was taught in the yeshiva of Reb Yishmol. Here's the Brysa. The following vegetables. A person can fulfill their obligation of matzah, of, of mar on Pesach. Chazeres, lettuce, olshin, endives, tamcha, what we know as chrein, becharbinen, and with charbinen, okay? That's uh, similar to the charchavinen that we had earlier on. Ubetamcha, I'm sorry, ubecharginen. And with Charginim. Now, I believe Charginim is, I, when I was preparing the art scroll in its footnotes, said it's oregano. Very interesting. Oregano, you know, we know it as its spice. But um, it, it, it's a leaf. You know, it's a growth. It's a plant. So you can actually eat an oregano leaf uh, and fulfill your mitzvah of matzah according to Rabbi Shmuel's yeshiva. According to Rabbi Shmuel's yeshiva, I'm sorry. Ube hardofnin. And with oleander. Rabbi Yehuda Aymer, Rabbi Yehuda says, Af chazeres yulin v'chazeres golin k'yezvehem. Chazeres of yulin and chazeres of golin, which are other types of, of, um, of uh, lettuces. They just have, uh, they, they were called something else. Apparently it's in the same family. 
but a little bit of a twist to the lettuce. They're also kosher to be maror. Rabbi Lo Oimer, Mishub, Rabbi Eliezer, Afar Kavlim, even vines that wrap themselves around trees. V'chazarti al kol talmidav, and I went around all of Rabbi, uh, uh, Rabbi Eliezer's talmidim, who bikashti li chaver, and I said, can somebody tell me, um, you know, that this is true, that Rabbi Le- what Reb- the way Rabbi Lo is quoting Rabbi Eliezer to say that you're allowed to use our kavlin, these palm, the, uh, these, these uh, palm tree vines, and I couldn't find any other Talmud of Rebbe Liezer that agreed that Rebbe Liezer actually said this. When I came in front of Rebbe Liezer ben Yaakov, he said, yeah, Rebbe, my Rebbe Taka said such a thing. Rebbe Yudah says an interesting thing. He says, you know what? It's not a matter of names on the list. Says Rebbe Yehuda, it's not, an, it's not particulars. It's not, oh, if it's called lettuce, if it's called horseradish, if it's called and dives if it's gone. No. He says, any vegetables kosher for marar, as long as kosher yeshlai suraf, Rashi says, suraf usually is a regular sap. Rashi says it's a whitish sap. Which I don't know why, maybe my brain goes to weird places when I hear these words. But when I started hearing, when, I, when the words went into my mind, white sap, I started thinking about WhatsApp. And I wondered if I could make a drusha about WhatsApp being bitter. I don't know. But okay. But anything that has WhatsApp, anything that has WhatsApp, is fit to be more... Rabbi Yechonah Mebreka Eimer, Rabbi Yechonah Mebreka says, Kol Shabonov Machsifim, anything that is light green, also, if it's a vegetable that's light green, also it's fit to be more. Acherim Eimerim, Acherim say you need both. That it's got it's it's both, okay. So we have we have three names, right? We had Rabbi Yehuda's opinion that it needs to have the white sap. You have Rabbi Yechonah Mabreka that needs to be light green, and Achiram saying it goes hand in hand. Rabbi says, We learn out from all these opinions. That any maror will have this whitish sap and be light green. Because the halacha is like achir. Okay? That the two go hand in hand, and therefore it's got to have both the sap and the color. Little story here. Ravina Ashkel Rav Acha Berei the Rava Dahavim Mahadar Am Rirta. Ravina found Rav Acha Barrava, who was very machmir to go look for Marirta. He wanted a strong, bitter horseradish. He, uh, not horseradish. He wanted a strong, bitter maror. I'm gonna cry this year. Very machmir. Omar Lay. So Ravina says. To Rav Acha, the son of Rava, who's looking for the most bitter martyr out there, he says to him, My Daitach, what's your deal? Why are you being so, you think of being so religious over here? To Maririn Tfei, you think you should get Marirta because Maririn Tfei, it's so bitter, it'll make you cry. Mamish, mm, that's the best. No, what is the first thing listed in the Mishnah? When the Mishnah gave us a list of five items for martyr, the first thing listed is romaine lettuce. 
And also when we went to Shmuel's yeshiva, the first thing on their list was Chazeres. And Ravashia says as well, what does Ravashia say? Ravashia says, Mitzvah b'chazeres. The ideal way to fulfill your mitzvah of marar is with lettuce. V'yomarova, my chazeres chasa. My chasa, what is chasa? The chos rachmona ilava. Listen to this beauty. When we sit down at the Pesach Seder and we eat romaine lettuce as our marar, you know why that's the best? More than your ground horseradish. Even though you're not going to cry because lettuce is chasa. And the word chos means HaKadosh Baruch Hu had mercy on us and took us out of Mitzrayim. So we look at the chasa, we look at the romaine lettuce, and we say, yes, you grew bitter, but you represent Hashem's mercy. The Yomar of Shmuel Bar Nachmini, Yomar of Yainasan. And Shmuel Bar Nachmini says the name of Yainasan. Lama Nimshlu Mitzrayim Kamar. Why are the Mitzrayim compared to romaine lettuce? Why are they compared to mar? Just like a piece of romaine lettuce. If you look at the end of the leaf, it's very soft. But as you move down the stalk, it gets firm and tough. So too, that's how the Mitzrayim drew us in. The beginning, they said, Oh, you Jews, you're just like us. Come hang out. Work for us. Work in our homes. We'll do stuff together. Ah, because we're your best friends. The siphon kasha. And in the end, they ended up being harsh, tough, and tight on us. So when you look at your marar, says Ravina to Ravacha, who's looking for the most bitter one, he says, don't look for the most bitter. Use romaine. Because romaine lettuce represents the chasa, Hashem's mercy. And also you look at the one end, which is soft, and eventually became hard. You get the full message of the shibud, of how the shibud, how the servitude came about. Omar lay. Ravacha says back to him, Hadri B, I'm backing out. I'm ending my search. I'm off to my fridge for some romaine lettuce. Period. End of that mice. Many of us wouldn't have thought like that. Right? You say, oh, the most bitter is the best. The wimps eat the romaine lettuce. That's for the wimps, yeah? <laughs> okay. Rabbi Chumi says, says, So, uh, you know, Rabbi El saying that he, when he was young, he would take a chunk out of horseradish. Yeah, that's young and, and, and tough. So, uh, my cousins told me, I'm not going to say any names, which ones, but some of you may know them. My cousins told me that when they were young yeshiva boys in Mesifta, so... They had the Pesach Seder with my grandfather. My father's father is according to the Bracha, Rabbi Isaac Tenle. And it's brought down in the Mishnah Brura that when you eat your matzah and your marar, and you eat your kazayas, you're supposed to put a full kazayas in your mouth and swallow it at once. That's what it says. So all the yeshiva guys were sitting at the Pesach Seder. You know, they're in 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. And they're stuffing their mouth with like a, all the matzah. You know, you get a whole gazunta matzah. And they're not swallowing it till the whole thing's chewed up in their mouth. And then they're going to swallow it, you know? You get the whole kazayas at once, geschmack. So they're, you know, they got their cheeks are puffing up and everything. And my, my Zadie Isaac looks at them and he's like, what are you guys doing? You're off your rocker. So they said, Zayda, my grandfather learned by the Chavetz Chaim. 
So they said to my grandfather, they said, Zayda, you're Rabbi, you're Roshiva. You know, he wasn't, Chavazayim wasn't Roshiva. He says, they said, you're Rabbi, and the Mishabura writes that this is how you're supposed to eat uh, your, your matzah and your mar. So my grandfather <laughs> looks at them, and he said, I had the Seder with the Chavetz Chaim. I saw him eat matzah. He didn't look like a chipmunk. <laughs> he ate his matzah. No, you do your best. And then, you, know, you don't have to put the whole thing in your mouth at once. All right. No. That's what we do when we're young. All right. Here we go. Amr Rechumi Rechumi says, How do you know that maror is a vegetable? Maybe it's, called, it's, it's the bitter part of a kufya. A kufya is the, is the uh, innards of a fish. Okay? It's the innards of a fish, which is called mirirta, and it's bitter. So the Gemara says, Dumya de matzah, because mar had to be, has to be similar to matzah. It can't be talking about a bitter part of a fish. It has to be similar to matzah. Ma matzah could do the kaka, just like matzah has to be a grain, has to be something that, not a grain, because mar is not a grain, but it's something that, that its growth comes from the ground. Afmar gedulei kaka. So tomorrow we're taking as a as a premise that it needs to grow from the ground. I have a hirduf. Maybe it is a hirduf, which is a type of bitter growth that comes out of a tree. Gemara says dumi de matzah ma matzah minzroim. Just like matzah is something that grows directly from a ground and not from a tree. Afmaror minzroim. So tomorrow has to be the same. And that's the something that grows directly from a ground and can't be a shoot of a tree. Says the Gemara of Eima Harzifu. Maybe Rashi says maybe Harzifu with some sort of poisonous uh, growth from the ground, which is also obviously very bitter. So the Gemara says Dumya de Matzah, Ma Matzah Shenikachas because of Meitzer. Just like Matzah is something that you're allowed to use your Meitzer Shani money to purchase, you're allowed to use my Shani money to purchase grain. Afmar Shenikach because of Meitzer. So Tumar has to be something you're allowed to purchase with money of Meitzer Shani. And this poisonous thing, now it wasn't poisonous for humans, obviously, or else what's the question, right? <laughs> You're not going to say, oh, why don't you eat poison at your Pesach Seder? <laughs> I'll tell you why, because then I'm not having another Seder, <laughs> right? So we're dealing with things that are bad for animals, bad for other things, but it's not, it's just bitter for humans, but it's not really, it's not really dangerous. So the Gemara says that uh, since this type of plant is not allowed to be used for my Sashani, so we know it's not connected to matzah. Amle Rabbi Barachon Labai. Rabbi Barachon says Tabaye Ema Marachad. Maybe maror is only one type of vegetable. What does maror mean? So Rashi explains the word mar means bitter. So maybe when the when when we the Rabbanon said that there's a chi of maror, maybe the mitzvah taka is like Rav Acha, the son of Rava did. Go look for the most bitter growth from the ground that humans eat, and that is your mar. That's your mar, and you can't use anything else. Right now, we've got a list. We've got a long shopping list of things we could use for mar right now. So the Gemara says merayrim ksit. It says al matzais umerayrim yechlu merayrim is multiple. It says the Gemara of ema merayrim tfei. Maybe Mirairim is more than one. It's two. How do you know there's more than two? And therefore, maybe just use the two most bitter vegetables. So Mara says, Dumya de matzah, ma matzah minim harbe, just like matzah could be made of the chameshas mine dagon, many types of grain. 
Afmar minim harbe. Interestingly, if you look back at our mission on top of the Yomud, it lists five things. The same way matzah is five, wheat, barley, rye, spelt, and oats. The, if you look back at the Mishnah, the Mishnah says, Chazeres, Tamcha, Charchavina, Olshin, and Mar. It also gives five, which is interesting now when you see that the source of it is in the Torah where it says, Merairim. Now, nowadays we know the Mar that we eat is Midrabana because we're not eating it with the carbon Pesach. But when the carb- in the times of, of the Beis HaMikdash, when they had the carbon Pesach, it says the Pesach should be eaten al matzais umirairim yaychluhu. Should be eaten with matzais emirairim. So when the, you're dealing with the biblical obligation of marar back then, it's connecting the matzah and the mar, which, which uh, you know, the, the two stand side by side. Okay. Vegetables that we say you can fulfill your chiyav on Pesach. You're allowed to plant them all in one furrow, in one field. They're not even considered different types. You could plant them all together. Are you telling me that anything that's fit to be mar, there's never going to be a chiyav of klayim? Is that true? Masav Rava. Rav asked a challenging question on this. He says, Chazeres v'chazeres galim. That's how you plant Chazeres with Chazeres galim. Olshim v'olshay sodeh. Or backyard olshin, backyard endives, or wild endives. Karishin to Karishay sodeh. Different types of, uh, of garden leeks and wild leeks. Kuzbar v'kuzbar sodeh. Different types of corianders. Chardal mustard v'chaldar mitzri. An Egyptian mustard. Udalas ha-mitzri ha Or the melons of a mitzri. Or a merutza which I'm not sure exactly what it is, but apparently it's, it's uh, in the same family as melons, but not from Egypt. Enam climbs Zebezeh. Those things are not climbed. Now, it seems Chazeres v'chazeres galenin. You could plant Chazeres, you could plant the horseradish that's domesticated and the wild horseradish. But Chazeres v'olshin lai, it seems you can't plant Chazeres, you can't plant horseradish with... with um, no, what was uh, what was ocean? How do we translate ocean? The endives. You can't plant chazeres with endives, even though they're both fit to be marar. The chitim. If you're going to say kulu katani that they're all taught together, that all these things are that you know the, the whole list is tzamin. But marab, marab says zugay zugay katani. The Mishnah is talking about you could do them together in pairs, but you're not allowed to do the, a, a vegetable in one category to a vegetable in another category. You see, just because it's fit to be marar does not necessarily... Celery is not allowed. Does not necessarily allow me to plant it together. And for the Gemara, the Gemara answers, mine is ra and domarav. What does rav mean that you're allowed to plant it together? Nizram kilchasan. It means you're allowed to plant them as long as it's done in a way that's according to halacha. Says the Gemara, yeah, of course. What does that mean? Kilchazon, tanina. I mean, if you're planting it according to their unique halacha, okay, which means that you're allowed to plant it in the same field. You're just not allowed to plant it side by side in the same row. I already know that. Tanina, we learned in the Mishnah, top of Amr Beis. Aruka shishisha al shisha tvachim. If you have a row, that is six tfachim by six tfachim. You're allowed to put five different types of seeds. Arba la baruchay saruga. 
uh, you're allowed to put four, uh, four seeds on the four sides of the furrow, v'achas b'emtza, and one in the middle. So you already know that as long as it's in a different row, you're allowed to plant them side by side. So what's his point? By saying, oh, if it's fit to be marar, you're allowed to plant them near each other. Not in the same row, but you're allowed to plant them near each other. Shkaich. Shkaich rebnaich. Yeah, like the animals said when they left the teva. After the, uh, what the animals say, left the teva? Shkaich rebnaich. Yeah? So they said, thank you to rebnaich. But over here, it's like, hello, what are you teaching me? What's the chiddush? And for the Gemara, the Gemara says, no, I'll tell you the chiddush. Ma, who the tema? I would have thought to say. And this only applies to seeds, things that are grown in the ground. Avol zeroim is like things that you plant. Avol I might think there's a difference between grains and vegetables. Why? Apparently, vegetables gain their nutrition in a different manner than grains do. The way that the roots of grains work is a whole different science than the, the roots of a vegetable. And therefore, I would say, you can't plant it in the same area. Kamash therefore, Rav lets us know that it's okay. You can even do um, these two types together. Says the Gemara, do, do you mean to say that vegetables draw their nourishment from the ground in a different way, um, alima literally means stronger. In a stronger way than standard grain. But but we learned in the Mishnah, different types of zram cannot be planted in one furrow. But all types of vegetables may be planted in one furrow. So you see that we're even more strict about seeds than we are vegetables. Now what's the logic here? The issue is as follows. Kalayim is, is, can only start if nutrition of things that are planted near each other are being drawn from each other. For example, I plant an onion and I plant a apple tree. If the apple tree is going to start to draw nutrition from the onion root, I got a problem. And vice versa. If it's not going to draw nutrition, I could be more I could be more lenient, right? Because the two aren't growing together; it's totally separate. Ask the Gemara: How can you tell me that vegetables are stronger at drawing nutrition than grains? Let me tell you, Allahu, you're allowed to plant multiple grains in run furrow. You're not allowed to plant multiple different types of yurakos, different types of vegetables, in one furrow. So we see we're more machmir on vegetables than we are on grains. It must be vegetables are weaker than grain. Because we're allowing them to be planted closer to each other. It must be they draw their nourishment in a weaker fashion. So Gemara says, you're right. Here's the Chiddush of Rav. I would have thought to say that these marar are taka consider zraim. It's taka considered a grain, kamash malan. Therefore, Rav lets us know that no, the mar that, that we're dealing with is not considered a grain. Rather, it's considered a vegetable. Says the Gemara, what are you talking about? Zraim You're going to think that mar is called a grain? What? Vatanan Yerokais. We learned in the Mishnah that, that uh, look at the top of Amad Aleph. What was our Mishnah? 
Ve'elu yerokos she'adam yaitza behem yidei These are the vegetables for maror. Hello? And now you're telling me that maror is not a vegetable, it's a grain? That's not what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah clearly calls it a vegetable. Vitani Barkapar Yerakas. Barkapar also, when we quoted his Brisa, he also called the Mara a vegetable. Vitani Tabe Shmuel Yerakas. When we quoted Shmuel's Yeshiva with his additions as to what's fit to be used as Mar, he also called it a list of vegetables. So it's not a grain, it's a vegetable. Says the Gemara, you're right. Chazaras et The whole Chiddush of Rav is needed for the Chiddush of Chazaras. The Salgadar the Chamina. I would have thought to say, the for Since eventually it becomes thick, you got to give it more space. You're not allowed to plant it in the same furrow with other vegetations. Didn't teach us the kelach, the stalk of a kruv, of a cabbage that became hard? You got to give it extra space, the size of a raiva. Alma, you see, kivan the seifel ha'haksha is if something is starts growing soft and eventually is going to become hard. You have ina le'ravachatvei. You got to give it more space. Hachanami nesiv le'ravachatvei. So I would have thought specifically, um, specifically regarding the chazeres that it needs extra space because it's going to become hard and it it needs uh, um, it needs extra space in order to gather. It's uh, in order for the chazeres, the lettuce, to gather its nutrition. Kamash therefore, Rav lets us know that no, even though its uh, overall uh, growth changes because it becomes a hardened stalk, it does not mean that you need to give it extra space for it to uh, for it to grow. It's not going to be considered client. Period. End of that Gemara. We're now at the two dots about a third of the way down on the page. And let's go back to a quote from our mission. The is, anything on this list that's fit to be maror, you can use it for maror, whether it's fresh, whether it has moisture, or whether it is yavish, whether it's dried out. This halacha is referring to the stalks on the of of these vegetables, Abobaolin, as far as the leafy parts, lachim in. If they still have freshness, they count. Yaveshimlay. If the leaves themselves are dried out, it's no longer fit to be marer. Okay. Now, Rashi explains because something that's so thin becomes like nothing becomes like offer, becomes like dust. You can't eat it. But something that's thicker, it takes a lot longer for it to completely lose its moisture. So even though it looks dry on the outside, it's still going to have like an essence, a zikh, so to speak, you know, something to itself. It doesn't just like fall apart. Okay. Says the Gemara. Since we said in the Seifa that you're allowed to fulfill your Chiyav with their stalks, it seems that the Reisha is dealing with even the leaves. And, then, and that means, asked the Gemara, when we say in the Mishnah 
bain lachem bain yaveshim, that you can fulfill your mitzvah, whether it's wet or dry, whether it's fresh, moist or dry, and it seems that's even referring to the leaves. So you see that dried out leaves are fit to be marar. Answers the Gemara, Pirushe Kamafarish. No, the Seifa is not giving us a new halacha concerning the stalks. The Seifa is telling us, explaining the Reisha, Ki Katani bin Lachem Innovation. When do we say that these marars, these vegetables that are fit to be mar, are kosher, whether it's, whether it's moist or dry, only by the stalks? That's Akelach. That's referring to the stalks. But the soft, floppy leaves, if they get dried out, are taka not going to be allowed uh, to be used anymore for my mar. Says the Gemara, Kashem, Mesve, they asked a challenging question. We learned, You fulfill your chi of marar with the leaves and their stalks. It needs moisture. It can't be dried out. Vishavim and everybody is agreement. Both Rebbe and Nacham agree. That if they're Kamushim, Kamushim means like in between. Not wet, it's not fresh, but it's not really dry. Everyone agrees that when it's like in between, then. Lost the place, I'm sorry. Bishop, everybody agrees. That you do fulfill your mitzvah when it's in between. And they both agree that you don't fulfill your mitzvah when these things are kavush, when they're pickled. Or slow cooked. Or long, uh, 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 yeah, or fast cooked. Bottom line is, what's the rule? If it still is bitter, you got your mitzvah. If it's no longer bitter, so you lose its taste, right? You take an onion, it's bitter. Go cook an onion, it's not bitter. Eat onion from the chicken soup, it's not bitter. Eat a fried onion, it's not bitter. So too with the mar. That these mars, you start cooking them, they're going to lose their bitterness. You can't take a horseradish, cook it in your chicken soup, and now pluck your horseradish out of the chicken soup and eat it for mar. It doesn't work. It's got to be raw because it needs to still retain its bitter, uh, still needs to retain its bitter taste. Okay? So, Rebbe Mayer says that, that um, it seems from Rebbe Mayer in the ratio of this that bein lachem bein yaveshim, whether it's wet or dry, is okay by the kelach is okay by the stalks, which is going to be a stira on Rav Chista, who says that anything that's dried out is not allowed. So the Gemara says, Tirgama Kelach, Gataka Rav Meir is also only referring to the stalks, that they retain their ability to be mar once they're dried out. But he'll agree to Rav Chista that, that uh, the leaves that are dried out loses its ability for mar. Tanra Abana, the rabbis learned that's what, and so shall we, you don't get your mitzvah of mar if it's dried out. You do uh, fulfill your mitzvah if it is kamushim. Okay, again, what's the kamushim? It's not fresh, it's not completely dry. In between that, the halacha remains that it is mutter, a person does fulfill their mitzvah.
Last piece of Gemara before um, the new Mishnah. And the new Mishnah soon is going to get back into uh, Hilchas Chomets. Okay? We're not going to be going back into Matzah. We're going to be discussing what becomes Chomets. Let's wrap up one last piece of Gemara before the new Mishnah. Boy, Rami Barchama. Rami Barchama asked a Shaila searching for information. What is Allah? Can you fulfill your chi of marar if it's my sheni in Yerushalayim? We know that what happens. I have my sheni. I'm supposed to eat my sheni in Yerushalayim. Same shaila we had by matzah, right? So I'm in Yerushalayim. I want to use my my sheni marar for my mitzvah. Can I? Who says you can even do it for matzah? It's okay. Avada, hashdav matzah daraisa nafi, matzah, which is a chiyav daraisa, yeah, uh, and the maishasheni is daraisa. You got your mitzvah, but more drabonami boile. So more maishasheni, where it's only midrabonon, certainly it should be allowed. Okay, now midairaisa, you only need to take maiser from actual grains and fruits, vegetables are midrabonon. Vegetables are midrabon. Rabbanon say you got to take mice and vegetables as well. Okay. So according to Bekivu says that my matzah is okay when it comes directly from grain, which is daraisa. So much, how much more? So certainly he'll hold it's okay as here. Kisi So where's there a shayla? Leave the Rabbi According to Rabbi my what's the did not let us use my sashani matzah. But maybe Mar he'll allow it. The matzah daraisa would like nothing. Maybe by maisa daraisa he didn't allow. Maybe he'll allow me to fulfill my chi of mar with my zersheni. Or maybe when the rabbana made their takana of taking my zersheni from marar, they gave it a status of a daraisa. And now the same uh, the same strictness that I have on a daraisa dikamaiser, i.e. matzah, would apply to mar as well. And therefore I can't fulfill my chi of with marar amarava. Mistavra matzah u marar mistavra the chachamim when they said that you got to take my sheni from mar raised it up to a level of matzah and according to Rabbi Siaglili who holds you cannot fulfill your chi of matzah with my sheni will also hold you cannot fulfill your chi of marar with my sheni either period end of that discussion okay zok the mishnah brand new mishnah. And now we're going to get into. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll start this topic over here. Here's the shaila of the new Mishnah to as a topic of conversation. We know when you have flour and water mixed together, that becomes chametz, right? Flour and water mixed together, that becomes chametz. We know that. What about? You know what? We we know it it becomes chametz. It, it, it has a leavening agent. It can become chametz. Okay? Is that true with all parts of the wheat? That there's different parts of the wheat. You have the bran. You have the kernel. Let's say I soak kernel in water. Or I soak the bran in water. Does that become chametz? Does it become chametz as fast? Is it slower? Is it faster? How does it work? How does it work? We're only familiar with the flower part, right? Because we're not farmers, and we're, we're not used to soaking all these things in water. But the Smith is going to discuss different types, and whether or not they can 
become chametz. Zok the mission. Ain shayrin as hamorsa on the tanegaylim. On Pesach, you're not allowed to soak the morson, the outer bran of the kernels, to feed to your chickens. Okay? You're not allowed to soak the bran to feed to the chickens. It, it uh, can become chametz. Avol, however, says the Mishnah, Cholten, however, you're allowed to burn it. You could burn the outside. Um, now, the way they would do that is... They would bring it to a very, very high heat with water. Okay, so it wasn't like it wasn't like burnt or scorched, but they would bring it to a very high heat of water. And because they brought it to such a high heat, it was considered cooked before any chance of chimuts happened. It cooked so fast. A woman also should not soak her bran to take with her. To the merchats, apparently uh, they used to use it as a soap. Aval um, but she's allowed to wipe it on her skin when it is when the bran is dry. Now Rashi says this is talking about after she comes out of the bathhouse. She's still wet, but even though she's a drop wet, she's allowed to take the bran which is still dry and wipe it on her body for whatever purpose these women used to do that. However, a person is not allowed to put their saliva on on chitin, on wheat, and, and wipe it as a medicine on top of his maka, on top of his wound, because over time, it will actually uh, become chametz. If you're, you're making it wet, you're going to leave it on your body. It will become chametz. Tan Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and that's why the rabbis, the following things cannot become chametz no matter what. If something is baked, yeah, you have heard of gebrucks, right? There are people who don't eat gebrucks. Even if something's baked, they have a concern about flour, right? They have a chumrah. They have a chumrah. Very gewaldic chumrah to be careful. However, lemaisa, to say that the stuff, to say that the matzah is now chametz because it fell into my chicken soup, no, it's already baked. The matzah is baked. So now that I put moisture on it, it's not going to make it chametz. Or something that is cooked. And something that has been brought to a very high heat inside of a boiling water. Says the If something's cooked, it can't become chametz. Says the Gemara, why not? While you're cooking it, it could become chametz. So, memela, the the cooking itself should be a problem. We're dealing with something that was first baked and then cooked. If it's first baked and then cooked, then it doesn't start. If you have flour that that um, water fell onto, even if water keeps dripping onto it, it's not going to cause it to leaven. Now Rashi explains like this, and this is a true yusayt, very true yusayt. And this is why in matzah bakeries, they are very careful to not allow the dough to sit. This that dough becomes chametz in 18 minutes is when the dough is not being worked. But we know, 
Ask anybody who's ever made challah. If you're constantly working the dough, it doesn't have a chance to rise. It can't be, because it's not leavening. It doesn't rise. Says Rav Papa, I'm sorry, says Rav Yaisi Rav Yehuda, if you have water constantly dripping onto flour, there's no problem. Because as the water is dripping onto the flour, it's constantly knocking it down again. And even if it's there for hours, the, the flour never had a chance to rise because the water is constantly dripping on it to push it down. Right? That's when it's like, it's mamish, like a very steady, slow and steady type of stream. Amri the Bayer of Shila, they taught in the Shiva of Shila, Vatika Shari. What about, um, what about Vatika? Vatika um, is apparently a type of, I don't, I don't want to call it a matzah, but it's a, it's a type of mezainus that's made with, with uh, its water, flour, and other ingredients mixed in. Okay, so are you allowed to eat this vatika dish? So the Gemara says, he, um, Vatanya um, Vatika Asr. There's a there's a brisa that actually says Vatika's Asr. Oh, so we have a contradiction. Okay, so the Bay Reb Shila said Vatika's okay, and there's a brisa that says Vatika's not okay. Says the Gemara like Kasha. There's no contradiction. There's no Kasha. There's no question over here. Hada Avdi B'Mishcha Milcha. One's talking about when you put in oil and salt, and since you added oil and salt, that causes the process to uh, to not become chametz. Okay, because it's not your standard water and flour. You have other juices in there. And Mamela takes on a whole new category of how it becomes chametz. Another one's dealing with plain salt and water. Plain salt and water. You talk, I have an issue of becoming chametz. Amar Marzutra. Marzutra says, A person should not uh, take a pot of soup and add flour to make it thick. Dilma like Boshil Shapir, because maybe the flour that you put in is not going to end up cooking properly and fast enough. And even though you're bringing it to a heat where now it's going to be cooked fast, maybe it's not all going to be cooked fast enough, and that's going to lead to chametz, and now my whole pot is going to be uh, is going to be uh, chametz on Pesach. And we'll stop over here. We have a brand new halacha with Omar Rabbi Yosef, bottom line on Lamites. Omar Aleph on Lama Tessima Bays. Tomorrow's daf is daf mem. And Bez Hashem, we will pick up from here tomorrow evening.